You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? Welcome in to Packers Total Access. Hope you're having an awesome Thursday afternoon. And, uh, guys, this show is going to be really, really clear, uh, really cut, really concise. It's all about training camp, baby. We made it to training camp. There's footballs flying around over to Don Hudson Center. There's fans in attendance of practice. It's just a, a really, really exciting time to be a Green Bay Packer fan. And uh, my name is Clayton Bailey. Welcome into Packers Total Access. Uh, you can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, if you got a question or a comment, maybe some feedback, you can send that message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. Now, today's show is brought to you by MercyandMe.ca. Guys, if you're looking to make a purchase for family members or friends expecting a little one, go check out their website. It's easy to order, ship right to your front door. Um, anything from from blankets to burp cloths to fidgets. They've also, you know, got, you know, just blankets for for everyday use as well. Everything's homemade. And they're a, a big supporter of uh, a Packernet podcast. So let's just make sure that we're supporting those who support us. Also, we want to do a quick plug for the Monday Night Football giveaway. We're giving away one indoor club seat to the Monday, Monday Night Football game there with the uh, L.A. Rams at Lambeau Field, $500 in value, uh, as well as a VIP tailgate party pass uh, that's valued at $75. If you want to enter that contest, um, what you want to do is go to my Twitter account at Packers underscore access. You want to go to uh, go and follow the account and then go to the, the tweet that's pinned at the top of the page and just retweet that tweet. And that will get you into the contest. We're going to be giving that away here in the next week or so. And I'm really, really excited about that. So like I said, today's show, it's all about training camp. Guys, we've waited for this day for so long, right? And isn't it amazing? You uh, you wait for the draft, and then when, as soon as the draft's over, it's like I can't wait to get to training camp. And as soon as training camp gets here, it's like, man, when's the first preseason game? You're just always looking ahead, right? But man, there are just a ton of storylines going into this training camp, and it's uh, it's, it's I, I don't I can't remember in the in the recent past. Um, being this interested in just all of the side notes, all of the uh, the the storylines that are going on at camp. But uh, today, you guys on this show, you're going to hear from uh, head coach Matt LaFleur. You're going to hear from left tackle uh, David Bakhtiari talking about his injury. Um, you're going to hear from Aaron Rodgers a little bit, as well as A.J. Dillon kind of talking about some goals that he and Aaron Jones have been talking about and just the team in general. And then we're going to hear uh, from uh, GM Brian Gutekunst a little bit as well. We'll give you kind of thoughts and comments on all that. And then as we wrap up the show, what we're going to do is we're going to walk through Matt Schneidman's Twitter feed from day one of camp. Obviously, it's Thursday. There's other stuff going on today, 
but really the the second day of camp is is kind of anticlimactic um as opposed to you know day one so i really want to go back and 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 kind of bring you guys that buzz from day one of training camp so that's what we're going to do that's how the show is going to flow so let's just uh let's waste no time and get right into it you know first things first uh, matt lafleur addressed the media I always love Matt LaFleur's energy, <clears throat> just everything he brings to the table, but this is kind of how he kicked things off. Good morning. Good to see everybody. You guys don't seem as excited as I am. <laughs> <laughs> what is your excitement level for, for this, to finally get back out there? Oh, it's always exciting just to get everybody back in the, um, in the building, and I'll tell you what kind of got the juices going was just going to that soccer match the other night and having a packed Lambeau, uh, that was a, a great environment. I think at the end of OTA, at the end of minicamp OTA, as you said, you were at least cautiously optimistic about Dave being ready for the start of training. The reporter asking about Dave Pocky already you in. Now in your den, or just how concerned are you now about maybe his availability to start Yeah, well, I know we've talked about this quite a bit. Um, I can tell you this. You know, I'm not a doctor, and I, that's not my expertise. So uh, as soon as they clear him, then he'll be ready to go. I can tell you, though, from what I've seen, uh, I know Dave's doing everything he can. And um, I know Goody kind of got into, you know, what transpired and, you know, prior to us even starting the off season. So, you know, the, none of these are just always clear cut. And some guys recover at a different rate or, you know, have there's different variances in terms of some of those injuries and, and just and how severe they are and unfortunately he had he had a pretty big injury see i love the answer and a lot of the media kind of scoff at it like we still don't know anything we said they never say anything he, he told you everything you needed to hear like it, you know it was it's obvious now that it wasn't just an acl tear right this is something that they had complications, first of all, in the initial injury. And David Bakhtiari is going to talk about that in just a second. But um, also, it, it sounds like as they as they went into repair, they had to do another procedure this this uh, last offseason, obviously, with the fluid building up. To me, that's good news. If somebody had, you know, if I had heard, okay, there wasn't a second procedure, and we're just going to kind of go through the motions again, I mean, that's, that is insanity. You know, it's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. That's not the case here. They obviously went in and had another procedure. So hopefully that takes care of the fluid on the knee, the issue that David Bakhti already had. But um, first of all, the way Matt LaFleur addressed the media is hilarious to me. He walks in a ro room, says, good morning. And everybody's just, and, and to me, that sums it up. I'm just being honest. Like the, 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 the stuff that I've seen on Twitter here lately is like, these people are miserable for the most part. Like, and then they get in the room. Yeah, you know, I, I, I sent a tweet out. I don't know. It's probably a week or two ago. And I kind of called out one of the media members because on his show, he referred to Aaron Rodgers as an arrogant SOB. Right. So, you know, I'm like, you know, okay. Yeah. You, you, you talk real big behind the microphone. So I tagged him in a tweet along with his little uh, crony that he carries around with him, which by the way, was in the locker room all day today, getting interviews. Right. 
And I tagged him and said, Hey, you know, mate, I, I'm, I'm eager. Basically is what I, what I was, the point I was getting across the message I was getting across was I'm eager to see if you guys have this same energy when you're face to face with Aaron, because it's easy to talk about this thousands of miles away from the guy. I mean, you literally called him an SOB. Well, lo and behold, his little crony blocked me on Twitter. I wonder why that, because he, he wants that off his timeline. I guarantee you that. Well, I look up and and there's Aaron cornered in his locker for the the interview. I'll play a little bit here in just a second. And who is it right there with the microphone in his face? That little crony cracked me. And he was just grinning ear to ear. Yes. Oh, yeah. Agreeing with everything Aaron says. Like, you guys are so fake. It's not even funny. So I love the fact that Matt LaFleur walked in and said, man, I'm obviously more excited than you guys are. And then they all laugh, you know, but it's like, come on, dude. It's football season. Like we've been waiting on this all year long and, and you've still got people that are just, I don't know, man, it, it, it cracks me up. So let's move on to David Bakhtiari. Obviously the big question uh, with Bach going into camp is that, you know, is he going to get back on the field? Is it going to happen sooner than later? Right. And uh, let's just kind of, let's kind of get the information from the, uh, from the mouth of the man himself. So where are you at? What happened? And uh, what's your concern? Um, so talk to Goody. Obviously, uh, had surgery in the offseason, cleaned it up. Concern level, low. Really like where I'm at, especially compared to where I was just overall last year. Uh, I think he kind of hit it on the head. No expectations. Taking it every day at a time. Like where I'm at. Appreciate it. And uh, excited to play again. So... There you, you hear Bach confirming exactly what uh, Goody talked about, and then Matt LaFleur kind of briefly mentioned there was a second procedure this offseason. To me, that's good news. That's great news. Bach, first of all, looks like he's in great shape. Obviously, he's been working out uh, out west. Him, he and Aaron have, have been, uh, you know, kind of workout partners for quite a while now in the offseason to a certain extent. But uh, I love what he said, man. I'm just ready to play. I think that this is great news learning about that second procedure. Uh, you know, maybe I overlooked it in the off season and that's my bad if I did, but I don't remember anybody talking about that until here recently. So the fact that there was a second procedure, um, gives me a lot of hope that, okay, maybe they got in there, they corrected the problem because it's obvious that whatever the, whatever problem exists that was causing the fluid on the knee, um, you know, they didn't recognize that going in and then you're in the heat of the battle, Late in the season, you're just trying to get him back on the field. He goes out in Detroit, lo and behold, water on the knee again, and they had to shut it down for the playoffs. So uh, I think that's good news for Bach, me personally. Maybe I'm, you know, uh, being too much of a, a glass half full type of guy, but uh, I think that uh, the fact that they did that second procedure, that's good news. So let's move on to Aaron now. Let's see what uh, Aaron had to say here. And, uh, you know, like I said, the uh, the little crony had him cornered along with several other people. I did notice that Aaron never made eye contact with that guy. So kind of tells me probably got a little bit of history there, a little bit of past. But we all know you either love 12 or you hate him. If you love him, you love the fact that he speaks his mind and checks people like he checked the media last year. And if you hate him, it's probably because he loves to speak his mind and he checked people by checking the media last year. But whichever side of the fence you're on, you're welcome here listening to this show, I just really, really respect the fact that he goes against the grain and doesn't take any crap off anybody. And he shows up to camp ready to have fun. But let's hear what uh, let's hear what 12 had to say. But it was good to get out there and, and see the guys moving around. Um, obviously, we have a number of guys. I was looking over with Big Dog before uh, during stretches and looking over at the, uh, the injury line, and there's, you know, eight or nine guys we're expecting to play big roles for us. So it's a little rare, I think, going into training camp to have that kind of 
injury issues, but it opens up some opportunities. You know, we had different guys at different positions uh, up front for us. But I thought a couple guys had really nice days, and um, I got a kind of a fist bump from Tom Clemens, which is really hard to get. So <laughs> I feel like I had a decent day, too. Good to have Alan back, and I know it's just day one, but what did you think of that catch made? Yeah, I mean, it's always tough going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. <laughs> Uh, you know, from Devontae to, to Allen, it's going to be, uh, you know, a transition. But he's capable of a lot. And the way things have gone with the reps and the guys that we've had here and the targets that we've, uh, we've you know, doled out, he hasn't had a ton of opportunities. But, he, you know, he's since his first day here, he's, he's turned heads. And so it's not surprising him to go out and have a really consistent day today but he's been working hard uh, he has a lot to prove i think uh, to himself and other people maybe to the team uh, as well so i like a hungry alan lazard uh you know and, and it'll be an adjustment for us but i'm, I'm uh, happy with day one love it you know when he said that you know maybe he has something to prove to the team if you could have seen the video aaron grins real big right and he, he knows exactly what he's talking about there. You know, Alan Lazard comes in with a chip on his shoulder. It's obvious that he held out of OTAs because he wanted a long-term extension. The Packers didn't budge on that. I can understand their standpoint, but I can also understand him. It was voluntary. Hey, I'm going to flex my muscle and protest a little bit because I want a contract extension. I wouldn't have been surprised if he got an extension before he came into camp, but it's obvious that the Packers are really, really leaning on the fact that this is a prove-it year for Alan Lazard. That's exactly why Aaron flashed that grin at the camera when he said it. Because Alan Lazard, like he said, a hungry Alan Lazard. We like a hungry Alan, Alan Lazard. This guy's been proving people wrong from day one. Like, I mean, coming from Jacksonville and then and, and obviously he was on the bubble with the Packers roster, you know, year in and year out. And now, lo and behold, you look up and he's the number one wide receiver, especially with this, you know, mystery around Sammy Watkins and and why is he not, you know, why is he on the pup list and all that. Um, I think that uh, Alan Lazard has a, a real opportunity to make himself some money, uh, earn that one contract that he feels like he deserves. And it's it's one of the things I talk about constantly, especially in the offseason, when we were breaking down the roster and the contractual aspect of, of how the Packers are built. And you would hear me mention, oh, yeah, this is a one-year prove-it deal right here. You're going to get the best version of that player. That player is playing for their football life on that one-year deal. I know you guys are you know, smart. You, you understand it. You don't need me to tell you. But I, I love to put emphasis on that because when you look at these players that are coming into camp, there to me, there's a certain level of value for it being a one-year deal because it's going to elevate their game. I mean, it, they may not have the talent to succeed at the level that we might think they can or or want them to, you know, like all Packer fans do. But at the same time, it's like it's not going to be because of effort. These guys want it bad. They're looking for that next deal. And you can bet your keister if Alan Lazard comes out and he solidifies himself as the number one wide receiver in this offense, you're going to probably hear some contract extension talk heat up around, you know, whenever it is. If he comes out in the first four weeks and he he shows he's hands down way better than any other receiver on this roster and Aaron's got a lot of trust in him and here Aaron is probably going to play for another two or three years, um, don't be surprised if, if the Packers start to shell out a little bit of money there. And, and we know it's going to be pennies on the dollar compared to the other wide receivers across the league. Now, the longer that goes 
and Alan Lazar continues to have a great season, yes, that's great for us. But at the same time, that price is going to continue to go up. So I just thought that was a cool little nugget there from Aaron. And, uh, you know, he, he he made a couple other little comments in the beginning. I, I'm pretty sure it was that very reporter that I was referring to that asked him something along the lines of, uh, you know, with the, with the, the outfit that you wore in, you know, from, you know, being, you know, from Con Air, you got a little chip on your shoulder. Was there a little bit of, you know, and he literally looked at him and laughed and said, I think y'all take things a little too serious. Like, I didn't put thought in it. Like, I'm going to choose Con Air because I've got a chip on my shoulder. No, it was just, it was funny, like lighting up. The same thing Matt LaFleur said when they walked in the room. It just, I don't know, it cracks me up, man. Um, so that was 12. Now let's go on to AJ Dillon. I, I'm not going to lie. I got really, really excited when AJ Dillon spoke here. This was, uh, this was really cool. Let's see what the, uh, the quad father, quad father, Mr. Quadzilla himself had to say. I mean, win a Super Bowl, <laughs> win a Super Bowl, win the North, win, uh, win our conference or, yeah, win our conference and then win the Super Bowl. Those are the goals. Um, I don't think, me and Aaron haven't talked, but, you know, it'd be nice to both have a 1,000-yard rushing, 1,000-yard. Hey, let's get 3,000 yards between both of us. I don't think there's any limit. We can do – I feel like we both have enough talent. All the guys in our room, actually, let's collectively do it. We got tons of talent, young talent, uh, people you guys haven't even seen yet. So um, I'm excited, and, you know, it's going to be great. We got a, we got a great room in there. Love it. Love it. You know, him talking about, you know, hey, let's both go get a thousand yards. Heck, let's both go get fifteen hundred. I'm all about the smash mouth football. Now, the thing I noticed about A.J. Dillon and you've seen him at the soccer game and all that, dude, he he is swole. But that jawline is chiseled right now. This man probably doesn't have one percent body fat. I mean, he he looks like he is in way better shape than he's ever been in. And that's really saying something because the guys never come into camp. Um, you know, out of shape. I mean, he's always uh, came into work. I'm excited about seeing what I think is the best running backfield in all of the National Football League and uh, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones really teaming up and having themselves a year this year. I think it's, that's going to be uh, a lot of fun to see it unfold. And you guys have heard me talk about I, I feel like A.J. Dillon is way underrated as a pass catcher as well. You know, it's not one of those deals where it's thunder and lightning of, you know, the old old school football where it's okay when the quick guy's in there, they we know they're running outside. When the big guy's in there, they're running between the tackles. When the quick guy's in there, he's a third down back, probably going to try to pass the ball to him. Um, no, A.J. Dillon can do it all, and so can Aaron Jones. You know, the, the cool thing, Ryan pointed it out some time ago, is, you know, Aaron Jones runs with power. If you watch Aaron Jones run the football, he doesn't run like a scat back. Yes, he's got the quickness. Yes, he's got the shifty hips, all that stuff, right? But the thing that really surprises me when I watch Aaron Jones run is to be such a small frame guy, he runs with great pad level. He's always falling forward, and the dude has got some power in his legs, right? Well, with A.J. Dillon, you you watch him catch the football out of the backfield. I was watching a, a game uh, last night. I can't remember which one it was. I was going back and watching some of the All-22, and and lo and behold, it was like one of the first, first plays of the game, A.J. Dillon was split out wide, all the way to the right side, on the right sideline. And what did he do? He run, a, run kind of an out and go. Like he literally done, you know, seven to eight yards, you know, done a little fake move outside, then went up the sideline. That's A.J. Dillon running an out and go. <laughs> like – the dude can catch the football, and he's a threat in the passing game as well. So I think the fact that you got those two backs in there, it's always nice to have a running back by committee. You know, it cuts down on injuries and, and obviously wear and tear on the backs. But at the same time, when you got two backs that can do everything and every facet of the game, 
They can both block, they can both catch the ball, and they can darn sure run it. That really makes them very unpredictable when the defense is trying to, you know, game plan and scheme against uh, that backfield. So uh, really cool to hear A.J. Dillon talking about that. So obviously the news that kind of got swept under the rug and, and again, one of the local reporters uh, getting his panties in a wad because they didn't have the information and it wasn't released and it ticked him off that they didn't talk about the fact that Matt LaFleur, Brian Gudikins, and Russ Ball had been extended. Um, now, I want you to think about people like that getting upset and causing that drama and just, you know, pouting, you know, crybabying around about it, right? And then I want you to hear what Brian Gudikins said about the contract extension when he was asked about it uh, yesterday. You know, um, very appreciative of Mark and the organization. I've been here a long time, and, and uh, I count my blessings every day just to be around this place. But um, um, that was, you know, the fact that that didn't come out was probably on me, just something that I kind of think is a private thing. Um, but, um, you know, so, you know, I appreciate Mark keeping it quiet and things like that. But uh, um, very, you know, it's just it's like anything. It's I've been through a lot of these things when Ted was here and then now, and it's just uh, you just feel blessed every time you get a chance to walk through these doors. Love it. So obviously he's he's got a tremendous amount of pride representing the Green Bay Packers as general manager. And, uh, you know, what he said there, I really, really appreciate Mark keeping it under wraps. Guys, It when I heard the reporter get mad about it not getting out, it's like, first of all, how entitled are you that you think you need to know every little bit? bit and piece of information and and by god you better you better give it to me when i want it the second it's available who do you think you are keeping that information from me okay here you've got the guy who got the contract extension singing praise for president mark murphy for not leaking it out because he wanted it private like what's more important your ego and your scoop on the story or what the organization wants and the people that it directly affects. Like I, I don't know, man. I the front the front office seemed like they had this synergy. Mark Murphy, uh, Brian Gudikins, and Matt Lafleur. I want to say Russ Ball, but I I don't hear Russ Ball speak much, so I would be completely lying when I say he feels like he's got the same synergy. But those three together, man, they're on the same page, and you can just tell how much respect they have for each other. And and I'm going to tell you something else that happens, you know, from a business background, when when someone like this is rewarded within the organization, it, it has a ripple effect through the entire team, the entire building. What it says is if you do your job and you do it in a tactful way and you put the team first, we will we will reward you. And then when you see them come out and sing praise of the higher up saying, hey, I really appreciate you keeping that under wraps. That's a whole different level of unity and continuity within the organization. Guys, that goes from the top, from the president, all the way down to the custodians in the atrium at Lambeau Field. It's called culture. We're building a team. We're not collecting talent. You've got a group of people that genuinely care about each other. You know, Aaron Rodgers, you heard the, the giggle there on his part, you know, when he talked about, uh, you know, yeah, anytime you go from uh, one Hall of Famer to another Hall of Famer, you took a little dig at Tay there because Tay said that about, you know, Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers. To me, it was funny, yeah, but if you watch Aaron's face, he didn't really crack a smile. You could tell he was joking, but at the same time, it was kind of like, you know, two can play at this game, but it just shows you Aaron's going to go to bat for his guys, right? And you've got this young receiving core, and you've got these media members that are just begging Aaron 
to scoff at the younger receiver. It's going to happen. Hey, follow follow anybody to their workplace, and when something doesn't go wrong, well, I guarantee you they're not sitting in the corner smiling ear to ear like, it'll be okay. Like, this is – we're grown people here, right? But I think that uh, it's going to be sad that the, the media is going to try to pick apart every little thing that Aaron does with these young receivers. But uh, there was good news coming out of camp. And granted, it was just one day, right? And I know we had another practice today, but I, I really wanted to key in on day one because that's where the excitement's around. And obviously, we do a, a a Thursday show. We don't do a Wednesday show. So I wanted to kind of go back and, and just talk about some of these things, just some thoughts that come to mind for me. But uh, what we're going to do next, we are going to uh, actually hop over and um, we're going to look at Matt Schneidman's uh, Twitter feed, okay? And we're just going to kind of walk through that and see some of the Twitter updates that they posted during that practice and maybe what stood out to them. But before we do that, let's take us a, a quick commercial break. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, guys, now we're back. Let's do this. Let's walk through Matt Schneiben's uh, Twitter feed here and just kind of get, you know, play-by-play kind of how camp was going. There's some videos in here that obviously you guys won't be able to see, so I'm not going to take the time to play them. But I'm going to kind of describe, um, you know, how everything unfolded there at the uh, at the practice facility and kind of give you an idea of, uh, of you know, kind of how everything unfolded. But 
right here it says Matt Schneiben. Um, it's tweet says Matt LaFleur on Rich Basaccia, quote, he's not afraid to call anyone out, including myself. LaFleur said he's learned more about special teams than he ever has sitting in on Basaccia's meetings. Said he's surprised Basaccia isn't a head coach somewhere. So two things here. Matt LaFleur always being humble, right? Love it. Absolutely love it. Leaders eat last, you know, and coming in with that approach of, look, if if the the guy that's in charge, the head coach, is is willing to admit, hey, I've got things I need to learn, then everyone in the organization has things they need to learn, right? And uh, the fact that he said, not that he, you know, he's learned so much from Basaccia, but that he's sitting in on Basaccia's meetings, which means LaFleur is hands-on in this special teams project. And I think that's really, really good news there because it kind of felt like, <clears throat> excuse me, last year, they just gave Mo Drayton the reins and said, here, go go run the special teams. And obviously that was a disaster. So it just seems like everybody's working hand in hand to fix those special teams problems. So that's exciting news. Next tweet from Matt Schneiman says, Aaron Rodgers beginning his 18th training camp, this time throwing to another number 87 in rookie Romeo Dobbs. And we're off. And it shows him uh, catch a touchdown pass there, you know, obviously unguarded uh, Romeo Dobbs. So um, I'm really, really excited to see what Romeo Dobbs does uh, this entire training camp. Um, next video, it's a video of uh, Aaron Rodgers taking, uh, trying to take Matt LaFleur's shades off his head. And it said the bullying has already begun. Uh, obviously, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur have a, a great friendship there, and they're just out there kind of cutting up. This was really good to see. It says, little scoot scoot from Elton Jenkins uh, as his knee rehab continues. And it showed Elton uh, running some uh, rehab drills on the sideline. These wasn't just sideways shuffles. This dude was, you know, it was it was a, a, a quick burst, cut up field, looked like something like a 10 to 15-yard sprint, cut back downfield, and he looked good. I mean, when I, the, when I seen – the the drills that Elton was doing it really gave me a lot of hope like wow okay this uh you know he he he, look, he looks like he's further along than I expected him to be and uh, granted I'm not a doctor but it looks like Elton's moving around really really well so next tweet it says players I don't see practicing on day one of camp and I I want to fall back for a second one thing that Goody opened up his presser with was Dean Lowry had been activated off pup. So that's great news, right? You know, we were kind of like, why Why did he go on the pup list? I think people are starting to realize now they really, really overreacted to that early pup list. And that's good news that Dean Lowry is back. So players I don't see practicing on day one of camp. Mason Crosby, Christian Watson, Sammy Watkins, Keyshawn Nixon, Kylan Hill, Jonathan Garvin, Randy Ramsey, Rashid Walker, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Robert Tunyon, Malik Taylor, and the kill buyers. Now, I want to talk about the offensive line for a second. I, you know, I don't, I don't have any idea why Mason Crosby didn't practice. Uh, obviously, Christian Watson's got something going on. Sammy Watkins, the same thing. But the offensive line: Rashid Walker, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins. Okay, I want you to remember that because those are three linemen, one being a rookie, right? The Rashid Walker kind of alarms me a little bit because it's like, come on, dude. Like you, you're already missing time in your first camp. Like that's the, you can't make the club in the tub. You have got to get on the field. Obviously David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, understandable. And Robert Tunyon with the ACL as well. So this right here, the starting O-line during first team period was left tackle Yash Najman. No big surprise there. Left guard John Runyon Jr. No, no surprise. Center Josh Myers. Right guard Jake Hansen 
and right tackle Royce Newman. So they kicked Royce Newman out to right tackle on day one and put Jake Hansen in at right guard. And I've seen a lot of people freaking out, both in their Discord chat as well as on Twitter, going, oh, my God, this 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 lineup looks horrible. It's like, let me read these names to you again. Rashid Walker, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins. They're down three already. Guys, this is day one. Deep breath. Aaron Rodgers said earlier, deep breaths. They're, they're going to try out so many different rotations. You know, Goody talked about it in his presser, how that first year, you know, you had Bulaga at left tackle, and uh, then they slid Bulaga over to right tackle, and David Bakhtiari stepped in at left tackle, and lo and behold, you've got a franchise left tackle in David Bakhtiari for the next however many years. Like, the, if they hadn't been willing to shuffle that around a bit and just said, nope, Bulaga's going to be uh, going to play left tackle, and that's just the way it is. If, if they had approached it that way, you might not have even discovered David Bakhtiari, which kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the Julio Jones conversation. You know, there's a lot of fans that are upset about Julio Jones. Guys, Julio Jones is not the same Julio Jones. Do I think Julio Jones would have come in and been the best receiver? He probably would have been the best receiver on the roster. There's a good chance of that. I'm not guaranteeing it, but he could have been. But at the same time, Bill Parcells 101, he would have referred to Julio Jones as a progress stopper. And what he means by that is by Julio Jones taking all those first-team reps, by Julio Jones getting all that playing time, by Julio Jones getting all the coaches' attention, by Julio Jones getting Aaron Rodgers' attention, all those things, you're going to cut someone else out of the equation that could you know, step into a, a huge starting role and, and play a, a huge role in, in the progression of the Green Bay Packers moving forward, a much younger player. It's a progress stopper. Now, it's obvious that – that according to some sources, the Packers were in on it. I believe Julio Jones confirmed that the Packers were trying to sign him. But like Ryan said, at the right price. I mean, I'm sorry, but you're looking at 6 to $8 million for Julio Jones. I personally would much rather roll 6 to $8 million into the cap next year and start handling this uh, kicking the can down the road like we've been doing rather than signing one guy who's probably going to underperform. He's probably going to perform worse than he did last year, and last year was the worst year of his career, to the best of my knowledge. So, you know, don't bring in those progress stoppers. Um, all right, so it says, uh, Matt Schneiman here said, took about five minutes into camp for Jair Alexander to get fired up. Just had a pretty uh, pass breakup of an Aaron Rodgers out to Alan Lazard and let everyone know. So, obviously, you, you've heard the clip of Matt LaFleur talking about um, you know, it was, it was mocked up one game and he went up to Jair before the game. And he said, I need you to bring that swag that you always bring. Jair Alexander being on the practice field changes so many things for this defense. I mean, he is a spark plug. He's a leader. He's one of, in my opinion, one of the elite corners in the league. And I think he's going to prove it this year. Um, next tweet, first deep completion of camp is Rodgers to Jawan Winfrey down the right sideline. Contested catch with Eric Stokes in coverage. Drew a nice cheer from the crowd. I know uh, Jacob is uh, going to be really, really excited about that. Jawan Winfrey is definitely his guy for sure. And he does. He seems like he's got some dog in. Rookie draft pick, offensive lineman, uh, Zach Tom at left tackle, and Sean Ryan at right guard working with the second unit. So the first indication of Zach Tom, and I know Ryan's very excited about Zach Tom, uh, you know, coming out of college and his versatility. Looks like Zach Tom is lining up as left tackle and Sean Ryan at right guard, obviously being that mauler top. So that's uh, that's good news there. Romeo Dobbs just went up and got, and he put in all caps, got 
one over KB and Into on a jump ball deep down the left sideline. Rookie fourth round wide receiver from wide receiver from Nevada continues to show out. Somebody else tweeted it out and said he completely mossed Into. So I'm telling you, one name that keeps popping up over and over and over so far is Romeo Dobbs. Wide receivers making plays all over today. Rodgers unloads a prayer about 50 yards to Lazard down the middle. Amos deflects the 50-50, but Lazard makes the catch while lying on his back. So there you got Lazard beating Adrian Amos over the middle on a deep pass there. Um, tell you, man, Lazard's going to be a beast this year. I've just got a feeling he's uh, he's going to have a great year. Um Right here it says a uh, another NFL offseason has come and gone. Aaron Rodgers is still a Packer, and Green Bay is still one of the NFL's best teams, at least on paper. Ahead of training camp, Matt Schneidman has 14 things to watch as they go for their 14th championship. That's just a uh, a plug for an article there, but uh, completely agree, man. Completely agree that uh, they still got one of the best teams on paper. It's amazing, and you lose arguably the best wide receiver in the game, and uh, lo and behold, the, the hop's still there. Um, let's slide on up here a little bit. Um, okay, here we go. It says, by the way, Packers base defense on day one. Again, guys, take it with a grain of salt. It's only day one. But their base defense was at outside linebacker Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. No surprise there. Defensive line, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, and Jerron Reed. So they're they're giving Jerron Reed first team reps right now and not Devontae Wyatt. It's totally cool. Here's a cool one, though. Inside linebacker Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker. So they've got Quay Walker running with the ones over Chris Barnes right out the gate. I think that's a great sign for Quay Walker. Kind of made me immediately go back, you know, flashback to what Devondre Campbell said about, hey, this guy, he's watching me and asking me questions, but he don't need any help. He's This kid's got it. It seems like he does. Um, at corner, you had Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes. So they're putting a priority of Eric Stokes over Russell Douglas, at least here in the early going, as an outside corner or a boundary corner, I should say. Um, safeties, Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage Jr. And it said Russell Douglas later came in for Walker. So that kind of, uh, you know, kind of threw me off a little bit because it's like, okay, they kept the three linemen in as well as the, you know, they, they stayed with a 34 look, but they took Quay off and brung Russell in. Um, was that a three three five look? Like, what did they? You know, what was the the goal there? That's kind of what it sounds like. Until you see that stuff on on film and and more specifically on all twenty two, it's kind of hard to determine what it is they're trying to accomplish and making those moves. But here it says uh, Aaron Rodgers on his outfit yesterday. Quote: Life is not too serious. Uh, end of quote. And that was what I was talking about there about how he he's just kind of coming in going, look, we're just having fun. We're lightening things up. I, I love the fact that he lightens stuff up like that. Aaron Rodgers said that coming into camp, he expected the offense to get its butt kicked against the Packers defense most days. He said, but I told I told those chumps, 1-0 offense. <laughs> so the offense came out in day one, and you guys heard me talk about this before, Aaron kind of under-promising, looking to over-deliver, and uh, that's exactly what they did day one. Again, it's just one day, but, you know, pretty exciting stuff. Packers kicker Mason Crosby said he had his right knee scope two weeks ago. He's never missed a preseason game before and said having a couple of those off isn't going to hurt. So it looks like he probably won't play in the preseason after having his knee scoped. Let's hope that everything's uh, everything's he healthy there. Uh, there was the David Bottiari interview, so we're not going to dive back into that. Um there was the Aaron Rodgers comment. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Um, there's Alan Lazard. Here we go. Is Alan Lazard prepared to be a wide receiver one and fill the gap Devontae Adams left? Quote, absolutely, absolutely. 
Lazard had positives to say about his former teammate calling Adams, quote, undoubtedly the best wide receiver in the league right now. But uh, he's ready for the challenge. And, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Let me just scroll through real quick, make sure I'm not missing anything. Yeah, so that's kind of got you up to date from uh, from day one of camp. I thought it would be really cool that we just kind of touched on that stuff, man, just kind of give you a feel for – you know, how camp is, wanted you to hear from the coaches, wanted you to hear from the GM, a couple of the players, kind of give you an idea of what the flow is around Lambeau. Um, you know, we, we're there's not going to be much that we're going to have to feel as far as, you know, just filling time moving forward because there's going to be a lot of things happening in rapid fashion. I mean, when we look at the calendar here um, coming up, obviously you got training camp this week. And then let me just kind of glance ahead here to August. Obviously, next Friday night is going to be family night. So I'm trying to kind of uh, see how we can set everything up as far as, uh, you know, for the shows coming here in the future, because on the 12th is going to be that first preseason game. So we're obviously going to do a post-game show there. One of the other things I'm I'm tossing around ideas to do is maybe the first show after the post-game show we do a little Packers playbook, and you guys give me some feedback. Tell me if that's something you're you're interested in. Maybe we take one or two big plays and kind of uh, maybe, you know, one or two from offense, one or two from defense to kind of break down what the look was. You know, preseason is very vanilla, right? I mean, it's, it is. It's, it's, it's extremely vanilla. But at the same time, it, it doesn't mean that these coaches aren't going to go out there and run the personnel that they're planning on running all year long. Like they're, they, they are interested in getting reps, uh, and getting familiar with the offense without showing too many wrinkles. So one thing that I think we can come away with in the preseason that's going to be very, very valuable information is the fact that um, we're going to see kind of what personnel each team's looking to run. So, you know, with the, the 49ers preseason game, I think that's going to kind of give us a glimpse. I'm eager to see if they uh, they stay a little bit more run-oriented as far as the personnel goes. You know, I'd mentioned with Jacob and, and Ryan the other day when we were breaking down, um, you know, kind of uh, how, how teams uh, approach uh, personnel packages. And the 49ers were one of the few teams that, that wasn't up uh, too far up over 60% with 11 personnel, three wide sets. So I'm excited to watch that preseason game and see if that kind of matches up, see if they maybe stay closer to 50% 11 personnel and switch up to 21 and 12 looks. Um, and uh, I think that that's some information that can be gleaned from the preseason games. But more importantly, guys, we just got football. You know, football's here. And uh, I'm very, very excited about it. So going to be a little bit short of a show today. I just thought we would hit on some of the, the training camp news. As a matter of fact, before we get out of here, I do want to look real quick and just kind of give you guys any updates. I like to do this from time to time. Um, as far as around the league, is anything going on? Any any news broke? The Kyler Murray contract is is fascinating to me. and And you guys are probably tired of hearing about it by now. But the fact that they put a clause in his contract that he's got to watch at least four hours of film per week, man, it was so strange. And, and there's some people trying to downplay it. Like Ian Rappaport is obviously trying to downplay it for the sake of uh, for the sake of the uh, uh, the uh, the agent because it does it looks bad on everybody. I mean, the fact that that would get leaked out. Um, was it the team? I, I I don't think the team would want that leaked out because they know it's going to tick Kyler Murray off. We darn sure know the agent wasn't going to leak that clause out, right? Because it, it basically shows that while they're having to really hold his hand and force him to watch film, 
Like that doesn't sound like something that the agent would want out there either. So I'm kind of wondering if it's a rival agent that might have leaked the information out. Is it somebody within the building that was ticked off at Kyler Murray? I think if uh, if it was someone in management that was ticked off at Kyler Murray, that would I think they would just not re-sign him and make him play out those two years rather than you know throw the throw a contract at him like that. But I mean that I don't know that that's just really really strange how that all unfolded. Um, so going around the league here real quick, we'll just get a couple of updates. Um, the Patriots uh, re-signed uh, Devon uh, Godshaw uh, to a two-year extension worth $20.8 million with a $17.8 fully guaranteed at signing. Uh, the deal was negotiated by Drew Rosenhaus, so they lock up their uh, defensive lineman. They got out of free agency last year. It says the uh, 49ers have officially released D. Ford. Um, here you got linebacker K.J. Wright retires as a member of the uh, the Seattle Seahawks. That's just kind of fluff there, dressing. Um, yeah, so I'm not seeing any other big news dropping as far as uh, yesterday. So, yeah, we're just going to wrap it up there, guys. Uh, camps are getting kicked off. If you, uh, if you guys haven't heard, uh, I will mention this. Uh, NFL Plus is a new thing that's being launched by NFL.com, and it's going to kind of replace NFL Game Pass, and it's going to have a, the all 22 and all the features that, that Game Pass had, uh, plus more, no pun intended. So you might want to check that out. Obviously, um, the uh, or uh, also I should say the contract, the new TV contract for uh, you know DirecTV had Sunday Ticket. It's being negotiated right now, if I understood correctly. I believe Apple was a front runner for it, so it might be Apple TV that has access to NFL Sunday ticket. The good thing about all of this competition and people, you know, bidding on these, these products is they said NFL plus is going to be significantly cheaper from game pass. And they're kind of expecting Sunday ticket to do the same thing. So as consumers, as fans, that does uh, have a huge effect, you know, on the wallet. And uh, the fact that, you know, competition is always going to, you know, drive down the cost from a consumer standpoint. So that's pretty exciting stuff too. So with that guys, I don't want to bore you. I don't want to waste any more of your time. Like I said, we just wanted to get some training camp news out to you guys and we'll be back on Saturday. we got a couple special things in the works. We're going to get you a, a history segment on Saturday, most likely unless some uh, other crazy news comes breaking, but I just want to give a shout out to all the fans that are out there at Lambeau. You guys are crushing it, man. The energy, you know, we've seen uh Packer owner, Bobby, he was back out there again, um, got multiple pitchers, had a pitcher with, I believe it was Joe Barry, had a pitcher with Brian Gutekunst. He was just, I mean, uh, what what a cool atmosphere, man. And it's so cool to see personnel and players embracing the Green Bay fans the way they have. It's just such a special place and uh, such a special time of the year. So with that being said, guys, we're going to get out of here. want to thank you guys again for taking the time to hang out with us. We don't take it lightly. You, uh, you always bring the thunder. And uh, we uh, appreciate all the follows on Twitter. That was one thing I did want to mention um, on Twitter. Guys, our Twitter uh, for Packers, you know, Packers at Packers underscore access is blowing up quick. And it's hard for me to keep up with who's following us. So if you notice that I'm not following you on Twitter, do me a favor and just shoot me a quick DM and say, hey, man, give me a follow back. 
um, that'll, you know, remind me how our, I mean, I can immediately go and give you a follow right then because we're getting followers at a, at a rate right now. It's kind of hard to keep up with. And I always try to go back and follow everyone back. I never understood the person that didn't want to follow their followers back. That just made no sense. I'm on Twitter to interact with you guys. I'm not on Twitter to bolster my follow ratio. I don't know. I just, that was always silly to me, but, uh, just make sure you do that. Shoot me a DM if I'm not following you and I'll get you a follow back. Um, as soon as I see it. So as always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back, go. Third down, is to go.